everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast on the World Football Index. I'm your host, Austin Miller, joined as always by Tom Robinson. Tom, you've got the house all to yourself this weekend, and you've chosen to record a couple of Scouting Spotlight podcasts. I must say I'm flattered. <laughs> well, yeah, well, while the girlfriend's away in Brazil, um, I'm living the high life and, uh, yeah, re- really taking taking advantage of that freedom to, uh, to talk about uh, young South American football prospects. Is, is there anything better to do with uh, one's life? <laughs> there is not. There absolutely isn't. Uh, today we'll be breaking down Thiago Almada, who plays for Velas, an 18-year-old player who's recently been linked with Manchester City. But Tom, is your girlfriend going to see more South American football than you this year in person? Uh, she definitely has the chance. I'm not sure if she actually will. Um, certainly my, my trip to Cordoba later in the year co- doesn't coincide with any top five uh, flight football but uh, there'll be lots of second division football that I'll be uh, making the most of uh, while I'm over there but yeah she's uh, she's got all the luck at the moment. I can confirm that I have quickly garnered a reputation here in my office in Buenos Aires as a liker of uh, football de mierda thanks to my uh, initial foray into the fourth division in Argentina uh, so can re- highly recommend some second division Argentine football. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all, always good. And uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be filling my boots when I'm out there later in the year. Well, let's get into Thiago Almada, Tom. This is a podcast that I know you have been wanting to record for quite some time. Less than a year as a professional for Almada. He made 16 appearances for Velez. He was in the Argentina squad at the Sudamericano at the start of this year, but did not make the Argentina squad for the Under-20 World Cup in Poland. However, he will be eligible for the next under-20 cycle as well, so he'll be one of those players that we could see twice at the Sudamericano, and should Argentina qualify for the World Cup two years from now at the under-20 level, we could see him there. Tom, what do you like so much about Almada as a player, and what kind of attracted you to to wanting to profile him? Oh, yeah, he's he's one of those players that just from a from a really early age, he just immediately, I was kind of starstruck by him. hes He's been someone who's had a, high, a big reputation for a good three or four years now, I would say, uh, within Argentinian football. He was he was really uh, pulling up trees at youth level for Velez, where he's, he, I mean, he's been on the books of uh, El Fortín for, since he was five years old. And he's just that typical Argentinian playmaker, low centre of gravity, um, you know, great dribbling skills, um, very versatile, um, just, yeah, the classic kind of uh, kid from the from the dust fields, the potreros, um, who, who just is the exact image of a player that you, you kind of springs to mind when you think of, uh, you know, your classic Argentinian number 10. So, yeah, these, he, he's a really, really special talent. And as you said, someone who I've wanted to profile for a long time. I think it was it was good that we've kind of waited a little bit rather than, you know, do a profile on him after five games. He's now had um, 16 games in the league last season in Gabriel Ainsay's side, scored three goals in that time and um, also played um, some games in the Copa Superliga um, or yeah, Copa de la Superliga um, where Vélez were unfortunate to go out to Boca on penalties. Um, and yeah, he's he's really, you know, improving that highly thought after reputation on a, on a daily basis. And I mean, I think really he's one of the the most talented young players, purely just in talent alone, 
that we've uh, probably profiled, certainly from the Argentinian side of things anyway. Tom, I'm going to reach down into my big bag of cliches here as we talk about a South American youngster and say that when I watch Almada play, you described him perfectly as that very stereotypical Argentine playmaker. He does a lot of the things that you associate with a playmaker from Argentina. And this is the easiest, cheapest comparison I could make. But I almost see a bit of Messi in, in his style of play and his ability on the ball. That's a completely unfair comparison to him, and I feel terrible for even doing it. But he fills that kind of vein of footballer, I think, in, in the way that he plays and kind of the things that he can do. Am I completely off base with that, or is, is this a cliche that, that maybe could stick a little bit? You're not a million miles away, because as much as it's unfair to compare anyone to Messi... Um, you know, inevitably any good young attacking midfielder from Argentina is going to be compared to him or Maradona. And it's it's always very harsh when, you know, they're still a teenager, basically. But I think in terms of people who may actually merit um, that in terms of something more than just a sort of a, a lazy comparison, there there is a lot, um, certainly in his dribbling style and his intelligence um, and just how prodigious he is, that uh, that that would sort of compare quite quite favor favorably to to a young Lionel Messi. Like I don't think he's going to be quite as um, effective in front of goal. Whoa, I think whoa, he's whoa, someone... whoa! Walking out on a limb there, Tom, to say that Chalamet yeah, isn't going to be as good as Lionel Messi. <laughs> yeah, real real shocker shocker there for everyone listening. So um, yeah, let's but let's not write him off either. That's that, that's my point. You know, he's he he is someone who I think rather than the typical you know, number 10 that we, we all imagine um, for, from a from a young mess, you know, the next Messi. He's, he's actually someone who's a bit more versatile, maybe someone who might not stats-wise um, leap off the page in terms of goals and assists. Um, I think he's someone who, who can play deeper. He can play, I mean, he's even, there's been times when he's played as a false nine. So there's there's some similarities to Messi there as well. But yeah, the, the dribbling style, his intelligence his the way that he just immediately felt at home in the men's game there's there's definitely something you know akin there and I I think even though Argentina Argentina have produced a lot of strikers and forwards um, there's not been as many sort of young attacking midfielders that I think really deserved that hype that they they often get and I think Almada's kind of up there with um, certainly the most exciting um, talents that we've seen come out of Argentina for quite some time. Maybe maybe quite um, a more similar player to maybe to compare him to, and I think it'll be interesting to see how both their careers progress is uh, Ezekiel Barco. I think they're both kind of, they look quite slight of, um, in their in their figure, and, and they certainly need to bulk up a little bit more, but they've kind of got that ability to go past people ability to create something special i think um Amada's maybe more more of a creator than um th- than a finisher um and yeah i'm i'm just uh rather smitten with him basically um wh- what have you what have you seen from him um, from the yeah, from from the clips you've seen of him. Yeah, well, first I, I do want to point out that we were on that Ezekiel Barco boat quite early. You know, we were in on that player, and he was somebody that we've the certainly boat? profiled here. Yeah, you like that one? Oh yeah, it, it was sitting all right aboard, on my head. all aboard. <laughs> uh, but one thing that impresses me most about Almada is his ability to create space and find space when there's none there. Uh, you watch him play, and 
he'll get the ball in a position with maybe a defender right on him or maybe a, a defender very close to him and another one coming. And you think, ah, there's, there's really not a lot that he's going to be able to do in this situation. But he's so good with the ball, and it kind of just sticks to him. He's a, as you said, a really good dribbler that, boom, in a flash. The second he gets the ball, he's into space. He's around the defenders, and his side, whether it be Velas or whether it be the, the Argentinian under-20s, they're into space, and they're looking to attack. And that's a kind of ability that you don't see with a lot of players, but uh, that I've been really impressed with him in what I've seen of him, his ability to do that, that's really difficult to do. And as you say, to be able to do that at the the professional level in Argentina where things can get very physical very quickly is certainly something that I think has caught the eye of a lot of people, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. His, his dribbling, definitely that the classic gambetta is uh, something that he really excels at, that fantastic close control, excellent balance, low center of gravity. And yeah, like you said, he's got those bursts of accelerations and silky skills that, and quite sort of a, you know, a vertical style to his play. Like he can just zip up the pitch really quickly, beat a few men. And, and he's not one of these kind of guys who kind of just dribbles without much end product. He kind of, he can really, progress the game um and yeah he's very robust and uh, you'd kind of expect that um given the fact that he hails from one of buenos aires tough toughest neighborhoods and th- this is another thing that i think people have always um been drawn to and um uh, have been attracted to is the fact that he's from the same neighborhood um as carlos tevez um fuerte apache i think there's that link to tevez as well and the, you know they know each other um quite well um, means that people have kind of seen, oh, is he maybe the next Tevez? Not necessarily in terms of a style of play, but someone who got out of quite a a, a tough neighbourhood, who who knows how to mix it with the uh, with the, with a rough rough and ready nature of um, Argentinian football, and has got that massive hunger to succeed, and will you know will stop at nothing to to get to where he needs to be. So I think there's that about his personality is definitely shines through as well he, he's adapted to the Vela's first team and is already one of their most creative players and that's going to be interesting going forward as well um, especially with Monito Vargas leaving for Espanyol I think there'll be um, even more focus on Almada to be the creative hub of that team if he stays and I'm sure we'll get onto that but I think one other thing that we should we should also touch on is just how good he is at, you know passing and and his use of the ball not only has he got that great vision and he can just slice defenses open um really well as he showed you know flashes of that in the sudamericano where you'd have two sort of low you know banks of four just trying to compress the space but he he could dink a little ball over the top he could uh, slot a ball through to the strikers um and I think that's really impressive. He he keeps the ball very well as well, over an 85% pass completion uh, for Velas in the league. And he's he's got a very good cross on him, which, you know, potentially we could see him being used, especially while he's growing into his, his body, is more of a kind of wide player who's who's used to sort of dribble, create space and can and put in a really good set piece, either uh, shot on target or whipping across in as we've seen many times for Velez. So he, he really has got everything you could want from a, a modern 
uh, attacking midfielder. And uh, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how he develops. Yeah, and the verb that I used to describe him in my notes, Tom, as, as I was prepping for this podcast, is I said that he slithers through the midfield with the ball, which I think is a very adept description of what he's able to do and how he's able to kind of find spaces. And, and as you said, delivery was another thing that was in my notes uh, in, in studying up on this. Uh, that right foot is really good. Uh, set pieces, finding players, certainly going to be capable of that. And that's just another thing in his bag. One thing I, I wanted to ask you, and you kind of touched on this a little bit when, when you talked about his ability to maybe split wide out onto the wing if needed. There's been a lot of talk recently, I think, in the footballing world about the the lack of, of a number 10 kind of the uh, the downfall of the number 10 in that this is a position that isn't really used all that much in modern football. And that's kind of where we see Amada perhaps in the future he could play that role. Do you think that where the modern game is now and maybe where it's going, will that have any effect on his development and kind of how you project him going forward at just 18 now? You know, when you look at him as, as maybe a 25-year-old or a 26-year-old, which is, is still a long way down the line, um, do you think that these kind of positional shifts that we've seen more of will have any sort of effect on him going forward? Yeah, certainly he would be suited to that traditional number 10 role. But I think, as you've alluded to there, that, that sort of not is a, isn't a position that's as popular these days. I think he's what really makes him stand out is the fact that he's He's not going to be someone who's going to be pigeonholed by a certain, you know, stylistic um, formation. I, th I think he, he he's got the ability to either maybe be the the central sort of second striker, um, play, playing with someone um, off the top. He could be the central guy in a in a three behind um, a sole. Um, center forward up top. I think he could even be the most uh, attacking of a midfield three um, rather, you know, even with three forwards ahead of him, I think he's got that ability to drop deep um, link play, get stuck in. Obviously he's his defensive side of his game is, is not the best. And I, th I think that's always going to be the case. He's not going to be winning headers in the center of the park. He's, he's, he's never going to be that type of player. So you would need certainly a couple of midfielders alongside him who could do that, that job, but he's, he's the type that, he, he likes to defend from the front. He's very good at pressing opposition defenders. There's a really good example against um, Defensive uh, Justicia um, last season where a long ball went forward. He chased down what looked like a fairly hopeless ball, put the defender under pressure out sort of, well, yeah, sort of centre back, getting out towards the, the left-hand side flank where they didn't really want to be. Then just turned him on a sixpence, motored into the uh, um, into the penalty box, and and fired in a goal. Um, so I think he is someone who is versatile enough that he could adapt to any sort of position. I think he is at his best when he's in the middle and he's dictating things. But certainly, I I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of spent a couple of years, especially if he's finding his way into a, a different style of football, maybe in one of those wider positions in a four-three-three. But yeah, realistically, he he has got that adaptability, intelligence, and just pure talent that I think that he won't be he won't fall foul of any trends of uh, you know, certain formations. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm I'm quite positive about that to be honest. 
Getting into the rumors and rumblings portion of the podcast here when it relates to Almada, Tom, only spent pretty much half a year uh, at Velez in the, the domestic league last year. And then, as you said, was part of their Copa de la Superliga campaign uh, for as long as it lasted. Played for Argentina at the Sudamericano, is eligible for another Sudamericano in around two years' time. Uh, Manchester City seemed to be the link, but when are Manchester City not the link, it feels like, on this podcast? Uh, you said, Tom, to me earlier that the rumor could be perhaps then a loan out to Sporting. But again, he's not spent a whole lot of time at Vela's, and you'd like to think that at least prefer to get a little bit more out of him. And also, you said there could be some bad blood, perhaps, between Vela's and Manchester City? Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, I, I agree. I think I would like to see him stay at Vela's for another year because he's he's pretty much made his debut a, about a year ago, depending on when exactly this pod goes out or when you're listening. But, yeah, he's basically got one year's first-team football under his belt. He could really do with an extra year he's still 18 he's still developing and there's such an interesting project going on with Ainse at Velez as people who've listened to these pods before are probably sick of hearing now um but yeah I I think he would really really be benefited by another year at Velez the main attacking focus of the team especially as Vargas has now gone Velez made good money off Vargas so you kind of think that would mean that they weren't as desperate to sell but the issue is he is so in demand right now that clubs are climbing over each other to to steal a march on his signing and man city they know a good player when they see him and they've as you said they've raided velas in the past so the links are growing stronger by the day there's been i think his agent posted a photo with pep guardiola a couple of days ago and at the moment, it seems like, uh, at the time of recording anyway, that Man City are prepared to up their bid of, I think it was initially 10 or 11 million to the 16 that should probably be enough to to, to get him away from Velez, even though they're kind of holding out more for 2025 if they can. But the thing is, they need they can't wait around too long because his contract is running down and it doesn't look like he's going to sign an extension so realistically um it looks like it's a matter of when um and not if but velez as well as not wanting to lose one of their prize assets who you know could be worth triple that in a, in a few years time they also are not the biggest fans of man city after Man City kind of went behind their backs to sign ben, uh, Benjamin Garre, um, a young Argentinian um, who's also turned out for the under 20s. Um, they yeah they went um, and got him at a very very cheap fee um, without really much consultation with the club. Um, so that's kind of an extra reason why Vela's are digging their feet in and um, yeah are seeming like they're, they're not wanting to get rid of Almada just yet. But as you said, likely that if he did go to City, he would then go on, on loan, sporting of the club that have been mentioned. You wouldn't be surprised if he turned up at somewhere like Girona as well, given the links with Man City. Um, so it might be a little while bef- before we see him in England, if that is his uh, final destination. A loan back to Vela's a possibility at all here, Tom, you think? I reckon they they might be angling for that. Um, and I, I think it would it would suit 
both parties. Like I said, I think he's in a good place. He's in a club that he knows extremely well. A really exciting young team with a really promising young manager playing a good style of football. Um, so I, I think that would work quite nicely. And I, I don't think there'd be too much to to lose from you know from him from him getting getting more experience there. So I could definitely see that, but he's also more than capable of of making the step up as long as they were making sure they put him somewhere where he was going to get um, plenty of plenty of first team football i mean if if he even followed the route of someone like uh, juan camilo hernandez um then i in playing second division football in in spain or something like that then i think that would benefit him massively as well i, I don't think it's really about necessarily him ripping it up for a a top club in, in, in Portugal or, or somewhere like that. It's just get him some European first team football and, you know, the, the quality will shine through. One final thing, Tom, before we wrap this up, kind of to your point, important to remember, he's still just 18. It's not as though he's, he's 20 or 21. Not that there's some sort of clock that ticks down, but another year at Vela's and he'd still only be a 19 year old player. So there's a, a lot of time still for him to develop as a player. And that first loan, even if it is just back to Velas for another year, that wouldn't set him back by any measure because he's still so young at this point. Exactly. And I think maybe, again, to bring up the, the comparison to uh, Garre would be the fact that he's someone who went very young to Man City. He's been in the Man City youth development squads and, you know, maybe on the fringes of some first team football, but he's not really played any senior men's football um, to my knowledge anyway. Um, and that's probably harmed his development because he didn't do anything for the under twenties in during the Sudamericano. Um, and he might be one of these guys who, who goes with a big reputation, but goes too young and then just kind of disappears um, at one of these big clubs where competition is so high. So, yeah, there's there's no rush at all. I think it's more a case of Man City being being very smart and thinking, okay, we know that he's not going to be ready for the first team in in the Premier League just yet, but he's someone that we can't afford to lose out on to uh, to another club. You know, there's been plenty of other clubs, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, all been heavily linked as well, and every every top club in the in the world is going to know. Um, about Almada and, and the talent that he possesses. So I think it's more about locking him down and then I'm sure they'll have a good uh, development plan in, in place for him, even if it isn't you know two or three years until he, he's gracing the first team um, in Man City. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast. As always, be sure to follow the World Football Index on social media for the latest from us. All that's left for me to say is thanks for listening and goodbye.